Blog Talk Radio. Hello, 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 everyone. Kaylin Patterson, P4P Real Talk, Midwest Muscle in the house. And this program is sponsored by P4P Muscle, the number one drug-free sponsorship foundation in the world. And if you are a drug-free athlete and are looking for a solid foundation to stand on and a vehicle to drive your goals, like a mag truck through ice cream. Check us out at p4pmuscle.com. And now let's talk. Hey, everybody, I've got a fascinating guest on today. It's going to be a wonderful show. Um, this guy has just been electric since I've met him. I'm talking about Matt, and this guy has just been uh, real busy, real active, and a real competitor. So uh, before we go any further, I'd like him to introduce himself, and uh, we'll get this show started. Hey, Matt, can you hear me? Yep, I can hear you. All right, brother. Introduce yourself to the Midwest Muscle and P4P Real Talk uh, Muscleheads, and uh, let's get this show going. <laughs> What's going on, everybody? Uh, Matt Cordy coming at you from Appleton, Wisconsin. And I'm just uh, excited to be part of the podcast. Let's uh, get into it. Yeah, oh, yeah, brother. First, uh, just get to give us give us a little background of yourself, and uh, what even got you interested in being a natural athlete? Um, well, if anybody, any, uh, I guess if if you don't know me, uh, I grew up, I grew up, uh, I guess a little bit less fortunate than most. Um, you know, everybody has their story, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, very unhealthy, uh, unmotivated, uh, overweight, um, you know, at, at one point, uh, in my, you know, you, you become comfortable with the way that you are It's you know, you just, you, you feel like this is the way you're supposed to be. I'm, I'm speaking about my unhealthy version. You know, like, okay, I'm just a big, I'm just a big overweight guy. And this is just, this is going to be my life. Like, this is me, this is me. And you just become comfortable with that, you know, and you just, um, I, I mean, I get, it's hard to see an end in sight when, um, or like what's obtainable at that point, because you just, it's all, you know. Okay. So yes. I think, I think in my late teens, there was a point, uh, I love ramen noodles, right? And I'm just saying this because mm-hmm. it hit me when I was eating. I had like three packages just stacked in a pat, pot and I was looking down at it and I'm looking at myself and I'm thinking, this is, is this going to be me forever? Or are we going to do something about this? And I mean, I was 300 pounds, you know, back then, you know, 320, 330 at age 17, 18. And I'm thinking this, this weight ain't going nowhere. Like this is with me forever. So when I, mm-hmm. when I looked down and I had that epiphany of, is this going to be me or we can do something about it? And then from kind of from that little moment on and other things were happening in my life. Um, you know, I, I, I had a, a relationship that failed and I was moving to a new city and, uh, you know, my best friend was a state champion wrestler from Kakana. So like he was super fit and I'm like, you know, I'm just going to show everybody that I can do this, that I can do it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to show myself I can do it. And, from the day that I said that I was going to do it, I never looked back. And, um, I just, I just took it to the ultimate, you know, I went from one extreme to the next, 
And that's the way I live my life yeah. now is like, I, I just can't be normal. There is no normal in me. You know, this is the way I like to live. This, it's just, it's good. For me, it's one extreme to the next. I, there is no normal. So the, the bodybuilding lifestyle for me was just a way where um, I, I just felt like it, it just fit me. It's just me now. It's just who I am. It's what I do. I don't know what I would do if I didn't have it. You know, minus competing and all that stuff. I just like competing for the sake of competing and the challenge. But I wouldn't, if there was no competing, I would still do what I do. I would still eat. I would yeah. still train. It's just, it's just in me. So, um, you know, it, it, um, it, uh, you know, going through, you know, it, it, I wish I could work with individuals that were like me, you know, and I know like personal training and all that kind of thing is a thing, but I wish there was something for me that I could, you know, cause since I was that, I mean, I, I feel like mm-hmm. I could just like level with them on, on a different level than what a trainer could or what, you know, yeah. anybody else could. If I could take a picture of these people, you know, eight months into the future and said, you know, if you just put your nose to the grinding wheel with a couple mishaps in between, it's fine, we're human. This could be yeah. you if you really wanted it to be. And I showed them a picture of their future self. They wouldn't even believe me because I wouldn't have believed yeah. me either. But um, anything is possible. If you just do it, you know, if you just put the time and the effort and you just keep doing it rather than going around in that revolving door, anything is possible. If you just go and do it, it will get you there. So with that, I don't know if we're getting off tro- topic there. I started no, getting no, really, <laughs> I started getting really into that there, but like, you know, like I love the bodybuilding. I, I like the old school bodybuilding. I liked, um, like, uh, I think Jay Cutler and Ronnie Coleman were like top of the food chain when I started lifting. So like I, I emulated those guys and that's kind of how I train now, you know, like I'm just a pump junkie. You know, I, I like, I like sets. I like volume. I like reps. Like, cause at the end of the day, as much programming as you want to do, you're only going to be so strong. You know, you're never going to bench a thousand pounds, you know, well, like the super freaks might, but you know what I'm saying? Like generally, yeah. you know, you're only going to, you know, get so strong at some point with like, you know, a little bit extra, you know, I just feel like I go in there and I just rip it up every day. I don't really have a program. I just go in there and I, I pump it up. I, I hit some weights. I hit some sets. I hit some volume. If I want to go heavy, I go heavy. If I want to get a pump, I get a pump. There's no really magic to the formula. As long as you just, if you're just giving it in and you just a hundred percent, whatever you're doing, it all works. Yeah. So uh, you know, I, I wanted to compete in the MPC, like, cause that's all that I knew in the beginning, but not, mm-hmm. um, being an enhanced athlete at all. I, you know, I knew it was going to be an unfair advantage. And, you know, uh, then I started looking around at the natural, um, the natural shows and I was, um, you know, looking at the pictures of the past winners and all that kind of stuff. And then I, uh, um, then I just decided that I was just going to go the natural route. And uh, I think I showed up my first show at the Fords in uh, 2013. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's when I seen some of the, I was a heavyweight then. I think I weighed 198 for my first show. And um, I stepped back there. And I'm like, well, how big, how big can these natural guys really be? I'm like, I think I'm a pretty big dude. But when I stepped back mm-hmm. there, I was pretty taken back with, uh, 
what it actually can look like. I knew I was kind of over my head at that point where I was like, oh, damn, these guys are, these guys look ridiculous. Yeah. And I ended up doing well in that show. I, I placed third for the first, for my first show, and it was a pretty big show. Like, the lineup was pretty big for heavyweights. And yeah. uh, and it was just fuel for the future. Then I really got, um, you know, it just fed me. And then I acquired more knowledge. You know, you meet, that's a good thing about doing shows too. You know, you meet a ton of people. Like the whole natural community is a family. Like, I don't know. I don't, since I've been in it now for how long, I don't know of anybody. There's never any hatred. There's never any conflicts. No. You know, it's all, it, we're all like a big support system for each other. So like you meet people, you get information. And, uh, you know, I met, I met fortunate enough to meet people that, you know, wanted to be in my corner all the time. And they've brought me to be, you know, you know, to wisen up on nutrition or tracking your macros or training and dieting. And then, you know, you just, it, it brought me out to, uh, pr- be pretty successful after I was able to use, you know, all my, all my tools and, uh, people and, then I started winning shows and turning pro and competing as a pro and and now it's uh and now I just compete uh you know when I feel like when I feel that fire so that's kind of where we're at now I did, I didn't compete for five years and I figured let's diet down and see what happens and we did pretty well so far and I hope uh you know there's potential to do well at this next one uh, at the universe uh, next weekend. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun, but I, I got to go back to before we start taking these uh, listening questions. And one of the things, okay, that you know, first talk about your your first pro card when you won your pro pro card, and then how okay. different it feels when you get that pro stage win. Um, you know, like when I uh, when I compete as a pro now. Uh, like when I won, uh, it it was it. I don't think there's ever going to be a feeling like when you actually win your pro card because that's it's a huge achievement. I I know people hate yes, on us, uh, us naturals because like oh it's just natty it's a pro card anybody can win. Well I don't know like where everybody else competes, but when I competed for mine, it was not easy. Like no, you know depending on what show you know. <laughs> You know, eventually, yeah, you could probably win your pro card if you want to fly fly to 50 freaking different states and do 10 different shows a state. Yeah, eventually you're probably going to fall into it. Sure, I don't know. But, yeah, you know, like the show I did was pretty stacked. And basically, like, when you look at it, you have to beat every single person who shows up at the show that day. It doesn't matter. what. Like, people ask me, what, oh, what's your weight or what do you want to come in at? I'm like, I don't really care what I come in at because in order for me to win this pro card, I got to beat everybody. I don't care if I'm 130. Yeah. Or you're 200 pounds, it does not matter. Like a 130 guy could wipe the floor with you, so it doesn't matter what I weigh. Like I need to make sure I come in. So you know, you, you know, first, you know, you know, first you have to win your class, and that's not, you know, that's not a given. It, you know, it, it's not. You, you don't know that you're going to win first place even in your own class. So and that in exactly. itself is already a feat. And now you have to beat every single person who beat everybody in their class too. So, you know, I had no idea, like, when I when I went for that pro card win, I mean, yeah, like, I wanted it because, you know, that's what we train for is to win, but, like, I wasn't expecting it at all. So when, you know, when I knew I was doing, you know, you come off stage after prejudging and everybody tells you how you think you did, but you, you don't know. It's a subjective sport, you know. 
So when I went out there and I won my class and then I was going in for the overall, I had no idea. And during an overall, you can't come off stage and get everybody's feedback. You can't. You're, you are totally 100% out there. Like, whatever name they say is is the winner and that's that's it. So when you're out there and you're doing the mandatories and you do a pose down and they line you up and it gets real quiet and that guy says your name, I mean, there ain't nothing like it. There ain't nothing like it. I mean, I was totally caught by surprise. I had no idea that I was even going to win that show. So when that happened, it was just, it's just crazy. I don't think anything, even winning the P for P um, a couple weeks back, it's really awesome. Like it feels awful, mm-hmm. but I don't think it ever compares to like anything like that, you know? So now, I mean, I just like competing for the sake of competing. It's like, you know, to win is cool, but the place is cool. Like I'm cool no matter what, like I'm cool wherever the cards fall, you know? Yeah. So, and I always feel like, um, like my physique can stand up in any lineup really you know obviously you have a lot of genetic freaks out there but as long as you come in correct you know um i feel like i always will be you know standing out in any line no matter where i'm at you know if i was going to go to the the wmbf world if i was going to go there i mean i always feel like i would fit in and then the cards fall where they fall you know but i always feel like i can stand next to anybody and you know and still be you know uh competitive so. And it, it you know it it takes a lot to even get on stage and you know I I think the people that are always deflecting from the pro cards it's it's always somebody that's really one they invested too much of their life into it at the expense of family mm-hmm. friends job and things mm-hmm. like that so there's a very bittersweet to that and I get that I really do because I've seen people destroy themselves and look phenomenal mm-hmm. and I I, I see that you know, in, in, in the best way possible. But one of the things that I've noticed is the people that really enjoy it went in with the intent to really enjoy it. You know what I mean? It wasn't mm-hmm. that, that struggle that everybody's saying and, and, and diverged from. There's a lot that goes into it, but it's fun along the way. And I think that's what mm-hmm. a lot of people have been missing. But uh, I, I got to digress because a lot of people are, are really shocked to hear that, uh, you know, there's a pro card guy and there's a pro winner that started out at 300-plus pounds and now hasn't had the seesaw, you know, where you go from 300 to competitive and then back to blimp side. So, you know, how did you right. get to that look, and then how did you basically stay that way? Because I think that's one of the biggest things that's uh, really driving this nation right now is every fad diet seems to be the way to, to get all that weight mm-hmm. off and then make it for the next century. And then it turns out, mm-hmm. you know, it's just a bad diet or gimmick. And then they're back in the right. same rut, getting away from it. So, you know, what, what as a 300-pound yeah. individual, we know what started it. For the duration, what keeps you from going back to it? Okay. Um, you know, uh, it, you know, back when I first started lifting and, and eating, um, you know, I didn't even know what heck macros were. You know, I picked up your standard, you know, Flex magazine and looked at their diets, you know, seeing what they're eating yeah. and then just copied oh, it, right? <laughs> Not knowing what, um, you know, it, it seems to me that everybody's approach this day is, is the more extreme the approach is, the better it's going to work for some odd reason, which is totally false. 
You know, yeah. at the end of the day, you're either in a surplus of calories or you're in a deficit. You know, your maintenance mm. is maintenance, but, you know, it changes on a day-to-day. You know, did you did you work extra hard at your job today or did you walk an extra block today? It change, Your maintenance changes throughout the day. But, you, you know, you can basically kind of maintain a, a normal body weight if your macros are pretty much the same every day. It might fluctuate a little bit, but it won't be crazy. You know, also, like, all this keto stuff and all yeah. that. Does it does it work to a degree? Sure, but at the end of the day, it's still like either you're in a surplus or you're in a deficit. That is it. There is no magical food that will make you look a certain way. This whole prep, I mean, I am the like, I'm the probably the best condition I've ever been so far in my career, and I'm still eating. I'm still eating ice cream, and I'm still eating, um, you know, things that I want to have like. Maybe during my low days, I probably can as much because my macros are very low. So, you know, I got to choose kind of some beneficial stuff just to kind of keep my body kind of healthy. You know, you get, you get low on body fat, you know, you can get sick easier, things like that. So I'm trying to choose like uh, nutrient rich foods, but like on my refeed days and stuff like that, I mean, I'm still having plenty of ice cream on those days and all that kind of stuff. And it doesn't make me look anything different. So when I learned how to track my macros, like, I really think that it's, like, an adaptable lifestyle for anybody because you can, you know, especially if you're not competing in a show and your calories are at least, no, like, your normal day of calories, you know, um, you can kind of eat dang near anything that you want. So when I figure out how to track, your, track my macros, like, five, six years ago, like, that's all I do now. Like, and, and it's not to a T, like, in the off-season – you know, like in prep and mode, you know, I got to weigh all my stuff out to make sure my stuff is, you know, on point and everything and I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. But like in the off season, you know, you can ballpark things. Let's say you want to have, you know, your macros are 60, 70 grams of fat a day. And, um, you know, let's just go with like a medium range carb, like 350 carbs a day or something like that. And a 220 protein. I mean, you can fit a lot of food in that with flexibility yes. and still be able to live a normal lifestyle and not be even what I always call it a bro prison because, there is no magical food that's going to make you look a certain way. I don't care if you want to eat brown rice and chicken and broccoli every single day. Guess what? If you eat a surplus of that food, you're going to get fat. If you eat a deficit of yeah. that food, you'll get lean. It's, you know, it's a, it's kind of black and white. It really is. People try to construe it that it's this big, you know, complex thing. Like food in general is like super complex. It's not, it's really not. Your body does not know that you just ate whole grain brown rice. So this is totally healthy. Like it's going to all of these magical good things that your body thinks that it is. Or you, what, you, what the, you know, what the, the public has construed your mind to think that it's healthy. It, your body doesn't know that it's a calculator of survival. It's, it's a survival tool. So when I you're like eating that. brown rice, it doesn't calculate it saying like, Oh, this is healthy. And I, I ate this ice cream and Oh, this is bad. I'm going to get super fat from this. It has no idea. All it knows is that it took in a gram of carbohydrate or a gram of fat or a gram of protein. That's the way it processes it. It doesn't know what the heck it even was, you know. It, mm-hmm. So, like, I, I try to push the macro thing on people just because it's just a way normal, a more normal way for you to be able to. And I try to push the macro thing, but really, I guess it's all personal. You know, whatever, whatever diet you can actually stick to and not binge yeah. is probably the diet that you want to be on because I, I used to binge so incredibly much like eating clean like it was just sickening like I was like this is 
I'd even look it up. Like, why am I binging so much? Like, and I'm sure everybody can relate to binges because it happens, you know, but like, but like, why is this happening? Like I'm eating, you know, like I can stay on it. And then like five, six days into it, I freak out and like blow the cupboards out, you know, like this, this, that can't be cool. So it gives me like, now I, in the off season when I'm flexible, I have so many choices. That, I mean, I can eat a whole frozen beef and it can still fit in my numbers. Like I know everybody's not created maybe the same way as me because my macros get a little bit high in the off season, but like, you know, it's a way for me to, um, you know, I don't feel like binging then, you know, I'm able to yeah. maintain my weight. I can eat the foods that I enjoy. If I want to have a pizza with the, with, you know, with my fiance and kids and I have a pizza and then I, you know what, after I eat that pizza, I don't go blow the cupboards out anymore because I mean, I'm already satiated. I'm fine. Like if I don't have ice cream, I'll just have extra ice cream. Like I'm not, I'm not like looking to murder like three bags of cookies and chips and all those things right. because I'm so flexible already that I don't crave certain things because I can have certain things or you can make recipes to fit your macros. Like there's so much that you can do with it. So that's how I kind of maintain like my normal physique. Even when I'm not competing, I usually maintain, you know, uh, a pretty relatively lean physique, even having mishaps once in a while, but I'm definitely not binging like I used to, especially in the earlier days. Yeah. So and, and one of the, one of that's the why like the fat diets, up. like you were saying, like they kind of, oh, yeah. it's like they want, they want them to do like all this magic, but it's really, it's really not like all these fat diets aren't magic. Like do you, do you have an actual sensitivity to food? Like, do you actually, do you actually have to like eat a certain way for health reasons? Then I understand it, you know? Yes. But if you don't, then I don't see a reason to, you know, do something that you're just going to be in a revolving door and just keep doing the same thing over and over and over again and, and getting nowhere, you know, find something that you can stick with. And that's probably the best diet for you. And that's, and that's and, that. For, but if I could teach everybody to track their macros, they would be a lot happier in life. I guarantee it. Yes. And, and, you know, the, the thing is like, we are alive. We're human beings. And to listen to some people talk, it's like they take the humanity out of their own lives. And I, mm-hmm. I tell everybody, I, I couldn't stand bodybuilding when I first came, you know, was aware of it, simply because the people mm-hmm. were saying how much torture and how, how they suffered. And, you know, then I met this guy that was eating Pop-Tarts, and he looked phenomenal. But, you know, <laughs> he was doing the macro thing, and I was thinking, this is what, this is why I would be interested because I can think of I, mm-hmm. every sport I played in my youth, I enjoyed it. I had so much fun. I enjoyed the camaraderie. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed teamwork. I enjoyed everything about it. And anytime people are telling me about bodybuilding, it's not for everybody. You suffer. Your life sucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, sardines. Uh, what was it? Uh, sardines, chicken, broccoli, unsalted, mm-hmm. unflavored. And I said, man, I want nothing. I absolutely nothing right. to do with that because it just sounded awful. I was thinking, man, this is yeah. this is the sport of nightmares. This ain't the sport of dreams. I wouldn't want anything mm-hmm. to do with it, and, it, it, and so I couldn't I couldn't really engage in it. It wasn't until I met uh, Newman again, mm-hmm. you know, back when we were adults, and everything started making sense because you know he was telling me the difference between enhanced and uh, and natural, and you know how we have to maintain mm-hmm. our body a certain look. Instead right. of basically relying on the drug to sustain us doing those tough times. Mm-hmm. So then 
it started making sense because I said, well, now when I go to work, I, I don't have to sit there and worry about suffering, you know, because I, I, I had an inkling to want to compete, but it just wasn't that mm-hmm. interest because it was like it was going to take so much of my life to do it. And I, when I say take so right. much of my life, not not in something that, you know, where you say, well, you play another sport, and even if you twist an ankle, you know, it, it was worth it. You know, it's like it's mm-hmm. the, the price is worth doing. But with the body, mm-hmm. I just see it, brother. I was like, man, this is a waste. And I don't see why anybody <laughs> would want to get involved with it. It just seemed pointless, and it seemed like way too much work for the result of what I was trying to do. Because if it came down to my health, my health should be winning each and every time. And it seemed like for it sure. was just too high price. So I, I like the way you guys are doing it, and I love the, mm-hmm. the and And I ain't saying that you're going to suffer. It, it, like, you're going to, you know, there's no way around oh, yeah, it. Yeah. Like, when you get when you get stage lean, it doesn't matter what kind of macro you're squeezing in. Like, it's, you know, you're, you're going to suffer, you know. Mm-hmm. So it, it's just the way it is, though. But you can still enjoy, like, like food, you know, it's not it's not the food that you're going to suffer with, really. It's the mental state that you get yes. to kind of, like, get into because your hormones are low and, like, yes. you know, like, every, you know, like, everything is just running a lot slower and lower. You're super lean. Like, the leaner you get, the more you're going to suffer a little bit. It's just the way it is. Like, you can't – Yeah. there's no way around it. It's just, it's just the way it is. Like, but, you know, you can still have, like – you know, like, man, I make a badass Big Mac salad. You know, like, it's, like, no carb. It's, like, you know, nine, 96.4 beef, like, fat-free Thousand Island dressing, onions, tomatoes, pickles. Like, you can still enjoy some really good food, low-carb in it. And at least, you know, like, and this is, like, I'm, I'm talking a monster salad. Like, my my girl can't even believe I eat that much, like, <laughs> in a one big salad. But, like, I do things like that to make me feel full, especially when my macros, like, right now, they've, kind of been skating around like only 100 grams of carbs for the past couple of weeks just because I'm just trying to chase as much conditioning as I can leading into you know for the universe but you know I only have to dig for five days and I get two refeed days at 350 carbs so you know I'm always digging towards that next refeed so for me it's like I'll give her hell till I get my refeed and then I give her hell again you know so those those refeeds kind of help reset my mind reset my body get it prepped to burn mm-hmm. some more fat like those refeeds are important too. So like, I'm not just grinding on a hundred carbs every day, you know, it's usually five days at the most. And then I have back to back refeeds and I'm back in the deficit again. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, um, but, you, know, you can still that, like, I mean, and there's thousands of combinations that you can come up with, you know, you could, you could eat like Philly steak meat with like mushrooms and peppers. And I mean, there's so many different options, even if you're low carbonate to at least enjoy some food. Like, are you going to suffer? Yep. But, just the way it is, man. You want to be lean. You want to be competitive. You want to step on stage and have everything popping. And you know, like you can't flex fat. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, you ain't kidding. You you got to you got to take it there it, if you want to. You want to go there. You yeah. gotta you gotta go there, man. But the, the, what what I was referring, and I I think Ethan is a little you know, is a little confused by what I'm saying. He sounds like I'm doing double speak, but I'm not. Ethan, what I'm saying is. Mm-hmm. There, every sport I played, we hit what was called the wall. At some point, mm-hmm. it's just it's just a chore. And even with that, I still said it was still worth it. And even in bodybuilding, you know, I, I get to those points where it's like, oh, it's just, it's a delirium. 
and you're like, man, I feel like I'm dying. But, you know, it's part of the sport. I don't mind that. The thing that mm-hmm. had me is where it was the eternal suffering. From start to finish, people were just posting and posting. Because this is when I was getting involved with the natural bodybuilding. Or, no, just bodybuilding in general. People were posting about this this eternal suffering. And I was thinking, well, then mm-hmm. what's the point? Because I said, I said, if I got into the sport, you know, there, there was something about that slam dunk that made it worth it. There was something about that touchdown that made it worth it. There was something about that win that made it worth it. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, the home run, the, the, the fielding the ball, the camaraderie with the team. With bodybuilding, I just didn't see that. And so, even I want you to understand, neither one of us is saying there's anything wrong with the sport. Um, there's going right. to be high before, but we're both agreeing to that. What I'm saying is, and it's not double speak. There's going to be a point in the season where you're just not going to be all there, and that's what we're mm-hmm. talking about right now. So you know that's mm-hmm. the sport I've never played. It's like, oh, this is taking forever, and it's just being like it's a week away, but it's it's 24 hours of every day of where it's compared to where you can break down a day. It seemed like the people that were initially getting involved in the sport were too egotistical to stay. And I'm glad they yeah. moved. They, you know, they didn't have the heart to be competitors anyway. They were supposed to win, going for that pro card, and that's all you ever heard about. You didn't hear about meeting uh, certain people. You didn't hear about uh, engaging with others. You didn't hear about, you know, uh, the people that were supporting them. All you heard about and saw were pictures of this incredibly lean physique or incredibly uh, but you heard the what went in the why. I learned later, you know, it was just simply because they were doing drugs and they didn't really want to talk about that part of the, in, in, the, in the matter. They just wanted you to mm-hmm. basically love on them because they were competitors and they got first place, second place, third place, or place top five. That is what I knew. What I started learning is that, you know, people had a big support group. People had a lot of people they could contact. People had a lot of people they could reach out to the ones that were successful for the duration, not for one show, not for one win, mm-hmm. but basically the whole year. If they were doing three shows, they were going to do well at all three shows. It wasn't going to be where they step on stage with one physique and then step on stage again looking like somebody you just met for the first time. So, you know, mm-hmm. when I want to get back to the first question, and that was about the 300-pound learning mm-hmm. to even to be healthy. Because I just did a post not even a month ago about looking in the mirror and seeing someone you couldn't identify with and you didn't know, and it just happened to be the very person that is you. I'm Mm -hmm. sure you had that run through your mind. The negative of you turning into a positive of you, how did that come about? And, you know, like, again, what I'm asking is how were you able to sustain it? Because that's what everyone's asking right now. 300-plus pounds, it seemed like at some time you would have broken down and gone to the fridge and just pigged out and mm-hmm. been back to the view that you didn't like. And I won't say that that didn't happen because it does, you know, like mm-hmm. I'm human, you know. But, um you know, in the beginning, I just, um, ah, that's, that's a, it's kind of a difficult question, I guess. I don't oh, know, it is. you know, like, 
I'm, I'm, I'm like a super humble human. So like, even like when I was progressing and people were making um, comments like, Oh man, you're, you, you're looking different or you're looking better or you're losing weight. Like it did fuel it for me, but um, like everything, everything that I accomplish and stuff like that, when it comes to even like the bodybuilding or losing weight, like I just, I never think of it as such a huge deal. Like I just kind of like, ah, oh, yeah, that's pretty cool. You know, like <laughs> yeah. I don't, um, you know, I like to, I like to stay humble. So like, um, even like winning shows and all that kind of stuff. Like I'm, I'm like happy, but like, I, like I'm, I'm just cool. Like I'm usually just pretty calm, you know, like I like to help people. I like to be somebody who is, can still like um, inspire people. I see a lot of people compete like around where I live. And like once they can place like second in a two man lineup and then also they think there's somebody and then they don't want to talk to nobody in the gym no more. They think there's something. And I'm just like, man, what the hell, man? Like, I, I just don't like the arrogance of it that it seems to come with the competing sometimes. Like I'm just out here trying to help people. Like I want them out, you know, like I'm trying to get a whole team of people like me, you know, but anyway, right. besides the point, like, um, you know, I guess it's probably been now uh, like 14 years of me keeping the weight off. And I can't say that I didn't have, like, there was times where I kind of backfired a few times where I yeah, would binge out. I would binge out to, you know, too often and, you know, and not recover off of and say, you know, F it and just, you know, but, um, you know, but then I get that old fire back in me again. I'm like, no, 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 man. Like this shit ain't happening. You know, like it ain't happening. Like, but but I'm going to kick your ass. You know what I mean? And then I would just get back to it and just keep doing it. But, you know, like once, once the initial, work is done like if you can if you can go the distance and you can beat that dude up and get to where you want to be and that's that's that that could be anywhere that that person is comfortable with you don't have to look like me like you can look however you want to look if you feel like you kick your ass to a certain point and say this is me now like i love this it's easy to maintain that then you know once you kick your ass up and down you know, for months and months and months and months or a year or whatever it is, and you get to where you want to be, it's easy. You can, you can, you, you can mess up as many times as you want. Oh, a little bit because it's easier to, you know, you can have a Snickers bar. You can have whatever the hell you want once in a while because it ain't going to bring back a hundred pounds. You know, exactly. It's, it's very, it, you know, if you're just willing to grind with, you know, little mishaps and you're just willing to give it and just give it the time and put the effort in and achieve what you can achieve it's just a lot easier to hold on to. Like I'm, I'm not going to gain 120 pounds back overnight. It just ain't going to happen. So when you mess up the next day, you wake up like, yep. All uh, right. That was, you know, a little mistake there. And you know, today's a new day and let's get back on the plan. You know, like it's okay to mess up. Sometimes people mess up and then they just keep going. It's like, no, no, yes. take it for what it was and move on. That's the thing, you know? So as long as you can That's do that, like you're getting, you were humans, yes. man. Like, you know, we make mistakes. So like, you know, if once you if you mess up, it's okay. You know, I, you're I, not I a human that, if you don't. No, no, your point is valid because it's so true, and I think that's what would drive people to really screw up, is because they were basically lying from the get go. And what I mean is, they weren't talking about one day; they were talking about three to four days, and then a week and a month, mm-hmm. but they just bad choices 
but they'll say, you mm-hmm. know, I had one bad meal. It's like, no, you didn't. And you, anybody that's been around the numbers long enough, when we're talking macro, because mm-hmm. we sometimes right, right. like a foreign language. But you know that's a bunch of BS. And it, it's like, dude, stop, please. It, it's so much. But, you know, they, they can say it to the layman, and they don't understand, you know, what's coming mm-hmm. out of their mouth. It's nowhere near close to being true. Because it was a a fella that did the Shy Town Showdown one year, and he he looked uh, he didn't look remarkable. He looked he looked decent, and you can mm-hmm. see he worked real hard for it. But in like a week's time, it looked like he had the mumps because his cheeks were so so poked out. And mm-hmm. you know, just asking out of concern for his health, you know, I was like, hey, what happened? He's like, yeah, I gained about forty pounds. And I just about fainted because I was so scared for, you know, for his health. Mm-hmm. And he just, you know, like, yeah, but I'm getting back. It's my bulking season and this, that, whatever. And I was like, dude, that is so scary what you're saying. And the fact that you can be so um, calm about it, I said, it's probably mm-hmm. what I said, so we need to get you checked out. And it turns out, you know, his liver and kidney were in, like, really high duress because he was putting so much in and his body just was not compensating like he thought it was. And he had, he was getting sleep apnea. Mm-hmm. All of these things from these bad choices. But, you know, he was telling me that one meal, you know, he had that one meal after the show. And I'm thinking there's no way 40 pounds happened off of that one meal. So I'm glad you said that. You're not going to eat a Snickers bar and get 100 pounds. Because, I, you know, we've been given that mythos for so long that people are actually starting to believe it. And it's nowhere near mm-hmm. the truth. <laughs> and, you know, um, you know, after a show, it is tough, especially maybe if you're just starting out competing and, like, maybe you've gotten in the best shape that you ever have thus far. So it is mm-hmm. a little bit different. You know, when you when you go to the gym and you start losing striations and all that stuff, you know, it's it's a big mental game. But you have to realize that it's not normal – for us to walk around like that all the time, no. you know, especially as a natural, it ain't, it, it's not, it, you know, it's not natural for you to walk around at 4% body fat, like all the time. Like, exactly. There's no way I would even want to do that. Number one, I live no. in Wisconsin, I freeze my ass off, you know? And yes. number two is like, you know, your mental state and like everything is just, you know, you're a little bit edgier, you're a little bit snappier, like, Lifting is a little bit harder. So, I mean, like, after a show, like, I already know. I already prepare myself mentally that this is just not how it is all the time. That, you know, mm-hmm. I usually only hover around about 30 pounds above stage weight anyways, like, and even less sometimes. Like, I don't really let myself get too out of control because gains can come without bulking so hard. Like, all you're going to do yeah. is end up, end, up, end up adding more weeks into your cutting phase. So, you exactly. can make progress you know, without adding crazy amount of body fat. So once you can get it in your mind that, you know, like this is stage lean, this isn't life lean, you know, you're, mm-hmm. then you're okay. You know, I you like can it. have your little mishaps. You can, you know, like what I do in the off season to keep myself pretty decent is like when my macros are already pretty high. Like I eat 500 carbs in the off season every single day. Like I track it every day. So like, I don't really have to binge out or get crazy anyways. So on the weekends when it's football, you know, when it's Packer day, you know, I already know we're going to have a pizza and some and brass and stuff. So, you know, I might get a workout in, 
maybe stay a little bit lower carb throughout the day because I know I'm going to have a bunch of broth and taco dip. I kind of set myself up to have that meal that day. And then once I yeah. have that, you know, I kind of shut it down. Like, I don't do, like, a whole day's worth of eating, like, oh, it's my cheat day. I don't really treat it like that. What I do is, like, I kind of go through my normal day, and I save my cheats for, like, kind of evening. That way I get full. And what do you do at Thanksgiving? You get full, you go to bed. So that way I don't have the extra time for me to, like, not be full and keep eating throughout the day because then you can do a lot of heavy damage. I kind of eat my normal stuff throughout the day, maybe a little bit more low-carb. I eat my big football meal, and then I pass out, and then tomorrow's a new day. And that's how I do it, kind of, if if I'm even going to do it at all, you know. I kind of set myself up for those days. That way I already know they're coming, you know, and uh, it doesn't get super crazy, but it's it's manageable and it's maintainable, and, you know, I still look pretty much the same the next day and I wake up. So it's kind of how I just manage it, you know. I still make sure I can enjoy my life, you know. I'm yeah. not just, you know, bodybuilding is not going to make me retire. Bodybuilding is not going to, um, you know, pay my way through life. You know, it's a hobby, you know, unless you're a top IFBB, like the top 10 IFBB pro in the world, like it ain't getting you anywhere. Like it's a passion. It's a hobby. We chose, we choose to do this because we love it. And that's what it is, yeah. what it is, you know? So I can't, I don't take it super serious. I don't act like I'm better than people. I don't carry myself in a, in a very arrogant way or anything like that. I'm always willing to help people. Like, you know, it's just kind of, um, it's just the way I, that's the way I picture anyways. I'm just looking to help people that are like me or who've been like me, or they might see me and like, you know, like I, I give so many people in the gym high fives that don't expect it. And you know, like maybe like a new looking member who they, you know, you can tell they just don't want to be in the gym. And then I kind of tell them my story and they're super surprised. Like, cause they probably see me and think I'm just like a gym douche or something, but they have no yeah. idea like where I actually came from. Yeah. So then, but me, just me doing that one little thing, no, you know, is going to make them, that person come back. You know, I just probably made her day like, all right, you know what? I don't feel out of place today. Like this dude came up, you know, he came up to me and he's like, you know, high-fiving me. Like that was cool. You know, like, yeah. you gotta, I mean, people are just, yeah, especially now with like social media and like all that kind of stuff. Like, you know, you, you gotta, you just gotta be nice to people, man. You gotta pick people up, like make a difference, you know? Well, you are, so whether you know it or not. And I it, sure it, like it to hope so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But the biggest thing is, you know, like when they hear your story, it, it, it can transform mm-hmm. their way of thinking because, you know, we can be so hard on ourselves. And I'm not talking about competitors. I'm talking about people that are in a in, in, in a bad way, whether it be health, finances, okay. whatever. It's like we overblow the situation because we're in a depressed state to begin with, and it seems like everything is in hand when you're already suffering. And when you mm-hmm. have people that do the things that you do and, and, and lift them up, then they know, you know, hey, you made it. You know, at, at the end of the mm-hmm. day, you have the way to make it. And so that, that inspires them and motivates them. I mean, I, it was just yesterday where this lady I hadn't seen and oh, it must have been almost a year now. And, and I was like, well, where, you know, where you been? And she said, well, I lost my motivation. And I was thinking, well, you know, what happened? And she goes, well, I didn't know when you were going in the gym because for some reason, mm-hmm. every time she told them up, she was ready to go off of that. And, I don't know what happened. Oh, um, I had gone from the morning in the gym, I mean, the afternoon in the gym to the morning in the gym. But that was uh, something I was doing for for my classes. 
So it, it had nothing mm-hmm. to do with, you know, me having something go wrong, but just something like that. And I was really surprised because I was thinking, you know, maybe a dog had died or, or a family member had gotten sick. <laughs> and it's just that I, I wasn't in the gym at that time, so she lost that, that thing. And I was like, well, you know what? I'll just stop in, even if it's just to stop in the door and, and, and you know, get a right. couple of rest and back out. If that's what it's going to do, I said, because it doesn't hurt me to be at the gym because I like being there in the first place. So we can get to the next topic, and this one is about, because uh, we've already talked about the 300-pound plus. Now the mm-hmm. next thing is, because I, I'm, I'm, I'm still, like, loving this, is that now you're going to be on a, con- a container of a, of a supplement. And as a, fan <laughs> of, as a fan of the sport, this is the one thing that I always have against supplement companies. Because the one thing I learned early on is that natural athletes do over 80% of the financing for the supplement companies because they truly believe in what is being sold. The enhanced, Mm -hmm. they're spending their money in other arenas, and they supplement some of the, the sacrifice they do with the supplementation of an actual product. But the naturals are 100% invested in supplements when they purchase them. And I was Mm -hmm. so frustrated that we weren't getting any representation on any of the canisters or any sponsors or any sponsorships or anything Mm -hmm. like that. And that pissed me off. But it was one time. I I talk about this. And, I, you know, this was back when uh, I think the first time I went up to Junior Nationals in Chicago. And I asked three local supplement companies, you know, why they hadn't been giving us any love. It just didn't make sense to me. Because if you're you're up and coming, why wouldn't you bring out the natural athletes that were basically in your area? Because it, it seemed like a win-win. But he showed me a picture of a natural athlete three months after the show. And mm-hmm. I was still looking for that guy after he showed me the picture because it wasn't even remotely close to the person who had been competing. And I said, I I, mm-hmm. I, I truly understand because, like you said, most of the time people were so hard on their bodies that they needed that recoil because their bodies were in such dire straits from all the suffering that they had done with it. Right. Now mm-hmm. that we have more nutritional science, it's a lot easier to stay within range because most of us have learned that the bulking season was BS to begin with because, like right. you said, we're, fighting, we're, we're basically fighting a, a, a no-win scenario by going 50 pounds over and gaining a mm-hmm. half a pound of muscle when all is said and done. Right. It's simply right. just not worth it. So now right, it's not. Know, we have athletes, natural athletes that are on the containers. You can, I can see Matt seven months from now and still know it's Matt. You know what I mean? So that, oh, absolutely. I yes, I love that now because I know that natural athletes are finally understanding that we had a role to play in that as well. And it's not easy. Mm-hmm 
to, to you know, stick and stick with the numbers because it does take, you know, like you mm-hmm. said, it's a hobby. It's got to be one you love. But it's also yep. be one that you can actually do. And I, I think that's one of the things that you guys are proven. I know you, uh, Rico, Phil Ricardo Jr., Martin Daniels, Misty Weatherford, uh, Brenda Ray, you, you guys stay pretty much year-round visible. Mm-hmm. And when I say visible, meaning you resemble the person that's been on stage. You know, it's not going to be an exact duplicate, but you're still in the range where people can look and say, hey, Yeah, I don't have, like, striated butt cheeks at that point in the off season, but I could still go to the beach at pretty much any point in time, and it's still – feel absolutely fine so yeah i don't let myself get too crazy or anything no there's no point like you said is just you know well it's unless you're like a competitive power lifter or something like that i i mean i don't see a point to get so grossly overweight i mean if you're actually in bodybuilding it's just going to cause you to just have to diet longer, which nobody wants to do. I mean, I've already been dieting no. for seven months, so I'm I've been dieting for quite a long time. But it's only because, I mean, I've been, you know, on these on these show preps, so it's been lengthy. But um, I've already I'm already been stage ready for a long time now, so I'm kind of just maintaining. I'm only pushing towards the end right now, just to you know, we're gonna step on a pretty mm-hmm. major stage here soon. So like, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to come, uh, you know. Like, I didn't do my work. Like, I didn't put in my effort. So, but initially, yeah, yeah I only it, had about 25 pounds to lose at the beginning of prep. So, it, it's exactly. a very slow prep, and too. It's not like I just, I turned on the prep and um, I was eating 100 carbs right away. Like, no. Like, my prep starts off with pretty minimal adjustment, you know, throughout the weeks. And it just, you just keep adjusting it. And slowly but surely, you get there. So, it's. You know, it, it's just a long, safe, um, sure thing, you know. You can't fire all your yeah. bullets, you know, in your gun. You know, you got to have ammunition. So when people try to um, have me help them and I ask them how much they're eating or how much cardio they're doing, and also they say they ain't eating nothing and they're doing a world load of cardio, I'm like, it doesn't give uh, me a lot to work with there, you know. I, I like no. helping people who don't do any cardio and eat a lot of food. So I'm like, all right, we can we can work here, you know. So, yeah. like. I don't I don't set myself up that way. My preps are long because they're you know, they're strategized. So Yeah, well it's it's preparation. I mean that's the reason the whole reason it's called mm-hmm. a prep. And I, I think a lot mm-hmm. of people, you know, like it it's that model in a bottle mentality and you know, we're so consumed with, you know, I don't care how many years I've damaged my body. It should be able to be fixed overnight because I'm so committed this time. And I'm thinking even then, you still have to prep your body for the next normal. Because if you teach mm-hmm. it a bad normal, it's got to get out of that understanding and then get into mm-hmm. a healthy normal. And I think that's, you know, you're like the best example of that because you went from the the one extreme to the other. But you did it in a way mm-hmm. where successful extreme because I think that's the thing that's missing in everybody's Insta famous videos and, and, and show things is that it takes time. You know, granted, mm-hmm. you know, you had it some does. dramatic things from the full commitment, but you still mm-hmm. had to be, you know, go through a process of how to get there. And I, I think that's mm-hmm. what's been in everybody's journey is the failures. Because I said, for me, 
practice was always failing. You practiced until you were just worn out, and then coach would let us leave. Mm-hmm. But as long as he realized right. we had something left to give, we weren't leaving. Well, shoot, then right. give your all now. Let's get out of here in a half an hour instead of being here five and seven hours after because we want to do our homework and get home. Well, you can't do that if you're constantly holding back. And I think when you're not right. fully committed, that's exactly what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Well, Matt, uh, we're almost coming to the end of the show, and I do want to give you a chance okay. to uh, to give your shout outs because I know you you know you've done a lot for people, but I know people have been in your corner, and you this is a time for you mm-hmm. to give basically give them a shout out and say thank you to them. Yeah, um, uh, pretty much my main guy. His name is Blaine. Um, mm-hmm. Blaine Stephan. Um, he's uh, he's been in my corner in my in the corner silently for the past few preps. Now um, he's pretty much, you know, it's it's hard to, you know, you like you know when you're competing and you're in your competitive season and you talk about it so much, you know, people start probably not liking to hear it all the time. So you got to kind of keep it to yourself or watch your little YouTube videos or whatever you want to do, you know? So like he's one person that I, you know, I can just talk his ear off about stuff or like my prep or should we adjust this or should we adjust that? And, uh, he's been, um, he's been like my main guy, man, without him, you know, I, you know, we, we think alike, you know, he, 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 he preps the same way as I, you know, he's very smart with the macros and, uh, you know, we, we did a couple peaks together and we, you know, that's the thing is, you know, you got to find somebody who's uh, knowledgeable to help you out with that kind of stuff, yeah, you know, not just that. a cookie cutter prep coach, you know, like they actually need to work with you. They need to know your body. How do you react to carbs? You know, how do you look before a load, after a load, two days after a load, like all that stuff is important. So like, he's, I like to give a shout out to him because he's uh, been a huge support with me. And then, uh, shout out to my new fiance who has to deal with me every single day for the past seven months of press. Because <laughs> you know, you know when I feel like crap and I don't want to do it, or I, I I want some food, you know she's there and she's all she's always real chipper, so it like you know helps pick my spirits up. And you know without her, it'd have been a pretty long road as well. And she's excited to go down to Florida with me, and uh, you know there's potential to bring a title back, so hopefully do well. Yeah, you better. I hope so, buddy. <laughs> gotta represent. We're we're gonna we're gonna give it well, to him. We'll gotta try, work. you know. Yes. You got to. You just gotta. I hope so. I, 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 hope, I'm we'll hope for the best. I'm very biased on, on saying that, you know, the Midwest is, is, is always the best. You know, you got the East Coast and I love them. You got your West Coast, and I love them. But the, the Midwest, that we have the best athletes. I, I mean, that's the whole reason we call it Midwest Muscle. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I just think we we cover the spectrum when it comes to athletes. And I, I just I, I'm going to die that with that thinking. So I, I know we got this. Yep. And we can wrap it up. Really I know there's easy. potential to do well, but uh, uh, I, you know it's never a guarantee. But there is potential, no. and I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> There we go. But I know yeah. you're going to represent. That's what I'm saying. Yes, sir. All right, man. We'll do really the best appreciate we can, you. Man. So um, I'm going to post some pictures on the page because people are trying to find cool. 
Let me find it hard. I know you've already posted some, but I'm going to share it to the Midwest Puzzle page. Is, uh, All right, pick some good after. ones. <laughs> yeah, because I, I don't think uh, they understand just how far the journey you've come because they see us on okay. stage and they think we've always looked like that. And I said, that's the furthest thing from the truth. Okay. All, All right, right brother. Thanks hey, so much. Hey, take care. Thanks a lot for having me on. Hey, thank you for being on the show, brother. You are joy. All right. Later, buddy. All right, man. Uh, so that was Matt Corny, <laughs> this guy. You you got to see it. It's a remarkable, remarkable turnaround. He's done uh, phenomenal things in his life, and he's also done phenomenal things with his health. And he's a blessing uh, to any and everybody who has the chance to meet him and chat with him, uh, myself included. Uh, I just love the dude. Uh, he's real. He's raw. And then he's, obviously, you can see from the show that he speaks his mind, and he speaks it in a way that uh, he's comfortable. So with that in mind, you know, on behalf of Dad, Stephen P, Real Talk Guys, and uh, Midwest Muscle Heads all around the world, we are 